Welcome back to Rinkwise, everyone. We are New England's premier hockey podcast produced by the New England Hockey Journal. I'm your host, Stephanie Wood. Really excited to be joined here in studio today, live in person, Jim Gadet, the new men's head hockey coach at Milton Academy. Welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks for having me, Stephanie. Big fan of the podcast and of the, the journal. I'm really thankful for you guys having me on the show. That's great. Well, we're a big fan of you, of course, and so excited, of course, with this new announcement. We, we had earlier in the spring, of course, Paul Canada, who announced his retirement after 20 years, and we were really excited to see who the successor would be, and we're so happy for you. Yeah, thank you. It's a big, big opportunity, great history of, of hockey and academics at Milton Academy, and following in the footsteps of, of a great coach like Coach Canada is something that I'm, I'm really excited for. Absolutely. Yeah, no, it's just, and of course, our producer, David Yaz, is also a Milton Academy alum. So you got a strong connection here and it's just right down the street. But we weren't even the Milton Mustangs when I was there. <laughs> that, that, that was invented when I was there. They just called us pumpkin heads because the, the football helmets were orange. Orange, so, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. you're welcome for Mustang. We do. Nice. <laughs> uh, that could be your nickname, pumpkin head from now on. <laughs> So, of course, so we always like to start to just kind of how we ended up here. So why don't you just fill us in a little bit more on your background? I know there's a lot there. We were just talking and strong hockey family, of course. But why don't you start us off with that? Yeah, so grew up, was born in Rhode Island. My my father was coaching at Brown University at the time. I have, have an older brother who was born in Hanover when my, my dad started his coaching journey, was a, an assistant coach at Dartmouth. And um, went to be the head coach at Brown, and, and that's where I was born, and grew up there till third grade, and, and moved to New Hampshire when my, my dad got the head coaching job at Dartmouth College. So grew up mostly in New Hampshire, about 10 minutes from Dartmouth, obviously watching the team play, practice growing up, being having my babysitters a lot of times <laughs> were, were the Dartmouth players. Nice, yeah. So getting to know those guys, and, and to me, like, that was professional hockey. Like, yeah, um, yeah, So it was course. always... Always a dream of mine to play there, and and like I mentioned, I, I have older brother who went there and and played and was two class years ahead of me, and so by the time my decision was coming to where I was going to go to school, I was being recruited by some other schools and it was kind of a, a bit of an awkward thing, right? Like <laughs> yeah, um, at the dinner table, I'm sure. Know, yeah, was, like my yeah. There, the other schools were recruiting me before my my dad was, and it was kind of <laughs> like I was I, I wanted. I obviously my dream was to go to Dartmouth, and yeah. I was going to visit some of the other schools. And thinking back on it, it was probably a little bit awkward for some of the other schools that were recruiting me because my dad went on some of these visits with me and was like touring the campus, the other head coach, the other assistant coach, and my dad right behind him. And eventually, he he sat me down and said that we'd really like to have you at Dartmouth and. It was an easy decision for me at that point, and my brother was having a great experience there, and to be able to ask him about it, and how is it playing for dad, and things like that, and he said it was great, so yeah, ended up going there, played there four years, unbelievable experience playing for my dad, and made some incredible friends there, getting to play with my brother for, for two years, it was just a an unbelievable experience that most kids don't get to have. Yeah, yeah, um, absolutely. After college, moved down to Maryland. I worked construction. Yeah. <laughs> so I was, nice. yeah, I got into construction and good variety of experiences. I think, yeah. Right along, and along the way. didn't necessarily know I was going to be, wanted to be a coach. I knew it was something in the back of my mind that I, I wanted to at least try. I didn't know if I wanted to do it full time, but when I moved down to Maryland, like that summer went by and 
I wasn't on the ice much, but the fall came around and I really missed it. Like you miss when you do it for so long, yeah. as, as yeah. you know, like for you sure. play for so long and yeah. you're kind of in that seasonal rhythm of it where the season, the fall comes around and it starts getting cooler and you get really excited about hockey. And for me, that was missing. I was working construction and, and I wanted to get involved in some hockey when the fall came yeah. around. So got it, got involved with a, with a high school team down there, my first coaching job as an assistant for a high school team in Maryland, high school hockey is not, not as big as, as it is here. It's been growing, but it's, it's not quite what it is in, in New England and Massachusetts. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And we practiced once a week and, and played one game on the weekend usually. And for me, it was, it was enough to, to be involved. And, and obviously I was working full-time construction. And after that year, I was approached by the Naval Academy in, in Annapolis. I think at that time in Maryland, there weren't a ton of coaches that wanted to a ton of people that, around that wanted to coach hockey yeah sure <laughs> so sure. They, they word gets around that someone's down there that is is looking to get involved and they gave me a call and they practiced in the evening so it worked out I was still working construction because <laughs> the pay was zero dollars and yeah we we had work construction during the day go practice and then then head home and did that for two years and as, a, as an assistant and then University of Maryland, a guy that I just met at the rinks and you know how it goes, you meet someone and, and that opens the door for you down the road. And for sure. he, I just met him in passing at the rink, had a nice conversation with him years before. And he was involved with, with the hiring committee for University of Maryland for that job, for their club team and went and was the head coach there for three years, still working construction because there was no pay. <laughs> and we were practicing in the morning there and had was was really impressed with the the level of play of, of at the college level yeah at the club level yeah kids are driven they're serious about it they want to do well and I really enjoyed coaching there both there and, and the Naval Academy and at that time I also was working at a, a private training facility 30,000 square foot all synthetic ice so um, a Very really cool. a really interesting place yeah and, yeah and I was doing that part-time as well so my day consisted of Practice in the morning, 5.45 to 7 with University of Maryland, construction, and then I'd go to the training facility and, and do some private lessons and things like that during the evening. And uh, my now wife w- moved down to D.C. at that time, and I have to thank her because <laughs> she wasn't seeing me much during that time. Yeah. We knew that hopefully it was going to pay off down the road, and, and it's in this profession, it's not easy to be able to do it full time. So whenever you're able to do that, I feel extremely lucky because having work construction for five years while trying to coach, it gave me a lot of perspective on that. And finally, uh, down at the, the training facility, I w- finally someone was willing to pay me full time. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, great. So down yeah. there, I was I was offered a good salary to, to, to coach hockey. And that was a dream come true for me, like to, to be able to coach full time. And I was training players all day. A small group, private lessons, things like that. And I was also still coaching University of Maryland. My wife grew up in Medfield. I grew up in New Hampshire. So we knew we wanted to be back in the New England area. So after a few years there, we moved back up to Boston. I was coaching Boston Bandits junior hockey, also doing the, the run in the gym there as a strength and conditioning coach. One year as an assistant coach, one year as a head coach. And the pandemic hit and they sold oh, the team. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so yeah. we were playing in the NCDC. Tough couple um, of years there for sure. Yeah, we were playing in the NCDC, tuition free. Doesn't bring in a lot of money for the organization. So yeah. when the pandemic hit, I think that was it was probably pretty hard. And they sold the team to Philadelphia. And my, my wife and I had just moved up and 
weren't really looking to relocate back down to to that area and so I was looking like a lot of coaches I was looking during that summer trying to find a job and obviously it wasn't easy at that time but a good friend of mine who who rest in peace Ryan Frew from the New Hampshire Junior Monarchs gave me a call and he said I've got something for you it may not be exactly what you're looking for but I think you'd be great for it youth hockey director Mm. position and one of the best decisions I, I made as a coach was going to do that because you have to learn a whole different side of the game. You have to learn how to teach six-year-olds how to skate. You have to learn how to teach squirts, peewees, all, all ages. So throughout the week, I was I might be on the ice with the learn to play yeah. one day. Yeah. And I'm on the ice with the squirts. and I'm, So I'm learning how to teach and coach all the age groups and how to handle kids of all ages and learning how to handle budgets and things like that. And I did that for a year and then was was extremely lucky that Coach Rice at Babson, I had applied. I had known Coach Rice my my whole life. He, my dad hired him as his assistant at Brown, and he coached with my dad for I think six years, both at Brown and Dartmouth. And an unbelievable human, and a, and a I think one of the best coaches in the country at any level, professional yeah. college. Wow, that's awesome! He's just an unbelievable coach. And it was really experience of a lifetime to coach with him for two years because it was like being in one of the best coaching clinics every day, getting paid to be there. Yeah. <laughs> like just to experience him coaching and coach with him was just an unbelievable experience for me and my coaching development. And I did that for two years and then was lucky enough to be offered this position. Wow. Yeah, that's, I mean, it's a wonderful background, very fascinating and extremely widespread Really. It's a lot of people when they they go to positions, I feel like they spend some time at the high school level or maybe the college. But I think with everything that you've done, too, it's just it is a unique background and obviously landed in this wonderful position with Milton. But I find that sometimes because I've I've done a lot of things that you've done, too. And so I kind of get it. And you're right. Like your youth, like you might be teaching a first touch of hockey, like a five year old how to skate, which is really important. Right, because you you become a very effective teacher of skating, which is so important, yeah. right? And skating kind of also doesn't change like when you work at it, even with like a high school player, for example. But your skill set, I think, is just much different sometimes than people that haven't had those experiences. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so at the Monarchs, they 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 said you're a youth hockey director. Typically, you coach a team. Which team do you want to coach? And I chose the the half ice mini mites. Yeah. The, the, we called yeah. it we called it mite development. Best age and there is. Like. What an what an enjoyable experience! Yeah, like yeah. they don't keep score. Yeah, everything is about development. Just having getting the kids to have fun, and the unbelievable group of little guys and, and and girls, and really really enjoyable experience. But like you said, you ha- you have to learn a whole new way of coaching, right. and 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 it helps you when you get back to like the things I learned there helped me so much when I got back to the college level, and they'll continue to help me as I move forward. So it made me a much better coach. Yeah. Yeah, well, one thing for sure at those younger levels, your your communication tactics have to be superb, yeah. right? So you have to you have to find a way to communicate to keep everybody going and on the same page. And I what I found is sometimes at those ages, your again the way that you deliver messages and also like your your patience too with communication really is enhanced quite a bit. Yeah, I think you have to be patient when you're when you're coaching the little guys and, and girls, and your your communication has to be, I think, like concise and, and to the point. And 
that's when I ditched the whiteboard. Like I don't use a whiteboard anymore. And that was because yeah. it was, it was useless for right. the, the yes. little guys. And I found that I could, yeah. I could do everything that I wanted to do without one and, and continue to do that today. And the, with the little kids, you, you want to keep them moving and you want to keep them engaged. And that's, that's sometimes a challenge. Yeah. Oh, indeed it is. But so again, your background, very fascinating. And I want to go back a little bit to your, your family, the, the background there, obviously, I think safe to say that you and your siblings really grew up in the rink and grew up with hockey. And that must have been just really unique, kind of in your blood, so to speak. Yeah. And I, I consider myself extremely lucky to have the upbringing that I had, both my, my mom and my dad, just unbelievable people and and taught me so much I learned valuable coaching skills from my dad obviously an unbelievable coach and a a great person Uh, but also my mom like she had characteristics that were that she taught me through her example growing up that are really valuable for me as a a coach how to treat people and and Mm -hmm. things like that and I, she never played hockey, but I think she w- would have been. A, she mm. could be a, a really good coach if she yeah. wanted to be. She's <laughs> right. seen a lot of games between. Yeah. I, yeah. I also have a little sister who played. Nice. Was a goalie like like my dad, and that's awesome. Was a really good goalie and had some hip injuries that kept her from playing in college. But she ended up attending Dartmouth as well. So to to grow up in in that house where there was always athletics going on, but where our prior, my, my parents had our priorities straight. We, we were finishing our homework, and then we could go in the basement and stick handle and shoot all we wanted. But it wasn't until we, we got our schoolwork done, we had a, a nice family dinner, and then we could play all we wanted. And, and my brother and I would be down there, and my sister would be in the net sometimes. And, <laughs> and just a, a really... A really great environment to grow up in that I feel really lucky. Sounds really fun. And that's, that's, I can just envision this, the the three of you just playing against each other. It's not every day, too, that you also hear, they, you stick the, the sister in the net, right? Yeah. Usually it's like the younger brother that they throw in the net to shoot on. But I'm sure you guys had some really fun, fun rivalries back in the day. Yeah. And, and my dad was a goalie and I think he was trying to to save him and my mom the stress of having a goalie. So, so he, he made it through. My brother for, was a forward. I was a defenseman. And then our, their third, my, my sister, she was finally the goalie. Yep, of course. <laughs> he gave, yep. them, gave them quite a bit of stress, I think, watching those games. Yeah. It always seems to happen, right? It just sort of finds, finds somebody usually. Yeah. But I was chuckling just listening to that because I'm trying to just picture two of you guys sitting around the dinner table and when your discussions for college were coming up I'm sure at one point your mother was just like oh my gosh thank goodness that you know he he's wanted at Dartmouth and I can I can save that headache from from happening yeah I think it could have been a an awkward situation yeah, right? if, if right. either one of us was was good enough and, and wanted or had space for right because there's so many different factors that have to be a fit when you're going to a, a school but it worked out, and, and I feel very fortunate that it did. And like I said, it was, to me, growing up, Dartmouth was pro hockey. Like, that's where I wanted to be. That, that to me, was the highest level. For and sure. I idolized those players growing up and wanted to be like them. And the feeling of skating out on the ice for the first game is just, like, one of the best feelings I've ever had in, in athletics. And I'm sure. So, yeah, I feel I feel very lucky that it, it, it worked out. Dream come true almost, really. You've been watching that your whole life and then you finally get to do it yeah 
And so getting to the, the coaching aspect. So, so after you finish playing and I feel like this is sort of common sometimes too, with players, like they, it just, it is such a grind sometimes with the, the college and going through such a demand, if you will, of playing for, for so long that sometimes taking a little break before getting into coaching, but clearly it found you and you, you really had the itch to get back to it. Now, growing up, like seeing your dad, of course, I mean, was that always something that you, you envision yourself doing at some point? Yeah, I, like I said, I, I don't know if I envisioned myself doing it full time. I, I knew that I knew that my dad kind of made it look easy, like his path. Like (laughs) he he graduated, he played a couple years of pro, and his first coaching job was assistant at Dartmouth, and then head at Brown a few years later, and then head at Dartmouth, and was there for a long time. Yeah, I know. I knew a lot of other coaches that didn't have it so so stable, and and had to be at a lot of different other places, and and do a lot of different other things. And so for me, I knew I wanted to coach at some in some fashion I wanted to be involved in hockey. I didn't know quite what level and that's part of why I I went to a bunch of different levels to try some different things and I did the strength and conditioning. I thought maybe I wanted to be a strength and conditioning coach, maybe I wanted to be a skill coach, maybe I wanted to coach high school, maybe I want to coach college, youth hockey director and try all these different things to see where where the fit was and and that was part of something my dad told me like try a lot of things and 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 see what you're most passionate about and after Probably after that first year with Navy, I, I thought this is, I want to coach full-time yeah. in some capacity. Yeah. Still had to continue working full-time construction for four more, three more years, four more years, because it's it's hard, right, to, to, to do it full-time in, in hockey. And I was able to to figure out what I was most passionate about and, and able to, to be able to do it full-time. And like I said, I'm, I feel very fortunate because there's a lot of people that want to do it full-time that don't get to. You're, you're right about that, and I think that's also, in a way, Jim, a little bit of a, a, a great piece of advice, too, to some people listening, because it, it the path back, your dad, I mean, that that's that's a great, it was a great, obviously, career, but sometimes you don't see that as much these days, because you have to really, I think, kind of really work your way up, and yeah. as you said, spend some time doing different things until you land maybe a dream job, like Milton Academy, yeah. right? Like, it's, 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 it's a process these days, and you have to kind of... Stick with the process, I feel like. Yeah, it's 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 not an easy profession to get into because there's a lot of people that want to do it because it's, yeah. it's very enjoyable, right? It's fun. It's, it's fulfilling. Right? It's yeah. enjoyable. You, you get to coach yep. a game and, and coach kids and, and help them develop. And that's something that's it's very fulfilling and very enjoyable. And so there's a lot of people that want to do it. And it's, it's not easy to get into. Indeed. Indeed. Well, and great to, to learn more about you and your path and your background. And again, I've said just before we started this, heard so many great, wonderful things about your family and, and you guys from my long-term pal, Bill Bowes. So speaks very highly of you. So, But let's talk about Milton. So just very recently, you were named the head coach. And so kind of walk us through that a little bit, just some of the conversations you've had and, and what gets you really excited for this next journey. Yeah, so it was the hiring process was was long as it as it should be because you want to make sure you have the right person in any of, of the coaching positions. And my my previous boss, Jamie Rice at Babson, knew Paul Canada. They're they're good friends back to their time coaching Northeastern together. And yeah, nice. So I had known that Paul was maybe thinking about retiring, and it was something that Coach Rice came to me and. And like I said, he's an incredible person, Coach Rice. He's 
he's always looking out for his assistants. And if you look at his line of assistants before me, they've all gone on to do great things in hockey with his help. So he's really big on helping his, his assistants find their next, their next job and helping them move on, which I don't think you see everywhere. Mm. And, and so he came to me and, and said, hey, Milton might be a, a place that, that is going to be looking for a coach because Paul Canada might be retiring. I think it would be great for you. Think about it. And, and I'm ha- he said, I'm happy to help you however I can. And, wow, yeah, that's um, great. That is great. Yeah, and you, like I said, you don't see that every day. And, and so I'm very thankful for that. And, and I, had, I had known, I know Paul Canada through Coach Rice and getting to know him a little bit over the past few years and getting to see what type of person he is, what type of coach. And obviously he did an un- unbelievable job at Milton Academy and going to see the school, learning more about it and was a great experience. And going through the interview process, meeting the players, the, the players that are both graduating this past year and, and returning, knowing Jake Tebow, who was a freshman at Babson this year and, and part of our hockey team. And he went to Milton and any school that's going to produce a, a kid like Jake Tebow. Yeah. Right. Is, is a pretty good school because he's an unbelievable kid. Yeah. So all those things like made it something that I, I really wanted to be a part of and was very thankful that they're giving me this opportunity and I'm, I'm very excited to get started. Oh, sounds sounds incredible, really. Just a great, and you're right, just a coach... Paul Canada just done a phenomenal job and just seems like just also walking into just just a wonderful tradition and rich culture and a really wonderful environment all around. Yeah. And so recently, so you're, you're moved in, you're now on campus and starting to get settled, I think, hopefully a little bit with everything. Yeah. So we moved to mid-July. We're down on campus now and it's it's great. We've got a two year old. Oh boy! So yeah. he's he's in daycare on campus and <laughs> running around. Met that's all, perfect. Yeah, that's, met that's all the great. neighbors, and yeah. they have young kids as well. And it's awesome. I think it's going to be a great experience for him growing up on a campus like that, and yeah, and having all these these friends to to hang out with on campus, and then having all these big brothers and big sisters who are students at at Milton Academy. I think it's just going to be a great experience for for him and my family as a whole. That is special, and it's it's unique. It's it's a great setup because I'm sure you've you've seen just in working in so many different levels of hockey, it's it's that can be sometimes a challenge, right? Like when you have a, a family, and maybe especially at the college level, because it's just so much travel and demand. So really unique ex- experience. It sounds like. Yeah, and that's something that I saw growing up with my father. Like he did a great job being around, but there were times where he had to travel and road weekends. He gets back really early Sunday morning when he's gone from Thursday to Sunday. And right. uh, I had to do a lot of that similar traveling with, with Babson. And the, I think the prep school environment lends itself to you have really good hockey, you have really good academics, but uh, the travel is really just New England. Right. Like I think our, our longest trip this season will be an hour and 15 minutes. And we're, we're, not, we're not staying in hotels on the road. And so I think it's a, it's a great environment to coach in yeah yeah indeed and so I know it's still the summer but I have it sounds like you've had a chance to meet some of the guys and I'm sure we'll look forward I'm sure they're so excited to have you as well and yeah and, and I have had a few team meetings with them they I got to meet them at first when I went to campus to interview had lunch with them and had actually been on the ice with many of them the previous fall and, and had them do some practices and things like that and was really impressed with them, the maturity, 
they're good kids. They're obviously good hockey players as well, but first and foremost, they're really good kids. And that's the type of kids you want on your team. So I've been really impressed by both, like I said, the, the players that, that graduated last year that I unfortunately won't get to coach, yeah. but the returning yeah. players as well. And and that speaks to Coach Kanata and the, the, the job he's done at Milton, bringing in those kids, and, and as, as well as the school as a whole, just having those kids and, and teaching them and developing them. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, just a wonderful job. You're right. And so, and it's great to have such a, a great connection, I think, with that former coach. I think that sometimes that just really helps that much more with the transition. And, but of course now it's, it's, it's your turn. You're, you're the, the captain of the ship now. And I, with, with so much background and, and so many different experiences, what are, what are some of the things that I think we can look forward to now with, with your culture and some of the things that you envision, not just this year, but but down the road with under your leadership? Yeah, I think first and foremost, like with culture and, and something that I'll take away from Babs, my time at Babson with, with Coach Rice, like he has one of the best, cult- he has one of the best cultures I've ever been around or seen. And he never talks about culture. <laughs> like, wow, yeah. it's just, he does it. Like it's, it's all in the way he acts. It's in his genuine being, how he is as a person, the example he he leads with around the rink. When we, whenever we're getting on the bus, he's the first one to grab a stick bag and put it on the bus, so you can be sure that everyone from the freshmen to the seniors are going to be grabbing things and putting them on the bus. Yeah, yeah. After practice, he's picking up pucks, so you can be sure that everyone else is going to be picking up pucks. He does. Him and I were the equipment managers as well we did the laundry so wow if you see your your head coach doing the laundry like you're going to be willing to to chip in and, and be a, a team player so I think that's that's something that I've I've taken as has really made an impression on me as far as building culture goes but I think it's it's really really important whether you're coaching any level really college prep youth even you really have to look at the kid first like I think character is, is the most important thing when you're when you're trying to build a culture and you're looking to recruit a player. Are they a great kid? We another thing with Coach Rice is we're looking for great kids and good players. Mm. And not the other way around. Because, you know, that, that is really the most important thing. So for me, like I wanna I wanna find a great kid with high character. I wanna find a kid that competes hard, that goes with character. Right, a very competitive kid to me. That's the most most important skill on the ice is, is competitiveness. Yeah, and, and we've we've seen it. I've seen it. I'm sure you've seen it. The kid that has all the skill in the world but doesn't compete is going to struggle at the higher levels. For sure, it's yeah. going to struggle in prep. It's going to struggle in college. They're yeah. not going to be very effective if they don't compete. I'm looking for a player with good cognitive ability. Right, that can make decisions. Has good hockey sense is able to read the play, perceive what's going on on the ice, and and make a decision and execute. And then obviously you need some technical ability, right? passing, stick handling, skating, shooting. But I think being competitive and having that cognitive ability are, are more important because, like I said, if you don't have those two pieces, you could have all the skill in the world and, and it's just not going to translate. So for me, like those are the things I'm looking for in bringing players in, but I'm also looking to develop those every day in practice. Yeah. Because if you don't, if you want your team to play 
in a style where they're they're able to make decisions and you want them to make decisions and you want them to be free to make decisions and and execute and try plays if you don't practice that way it's not fair to expect that during the game so i think we'll we'll play a style that hopefully the players will enjoy and in my experience the players do enjoy and it's it's fun to watch it's fun to coach but it's also effective right one of the beautiful things about hockey is there's so many different ways to play right there's so many different ways to coach that you can be effective there's so many different ways to play to to have offense to defend sure yeah and there's so many different ways to to be successful but to me this hopefully the the way that we're going to play is going to be exciting to first and foremost to play for the players to watch and, and it's going to be effective hopefully Oh, it sounds sounds wonderful. A great vision. And to me, just listening, it sounds like a, a really exceptional environment to be part of. And, and Jim, one of the things that we do, we talk about a lot in this show, and I think it's just, it's also great tidbits, I think, for, for athletes listening in is just what are some of the things that help when it comes to the recruiting process? Like, what is it that's important? Because things have also changed so much, right, over the last 10 to, to 15 to 20 years, and the landscape is, is so competitive. So things like competitiveness, right? Just small things that it can sometimes maybe set players apart. And one of my favorite quotes of all time by not a hockey coach, but one of my favorite coaches of all time, Pat Summit. you don't have to be the most talented person in the room, but you can sure be the most competitive, yeah. right? And just different characteristics that you can bring to the table that sometimes can really make a difference and help set you apart. Yeah. And that's, that's a great quote and I haven't heard it, but great quote and yeah. not surprised that such a good coach would would say something like that and I don't think the kids realize it and I I think they hear it but I don't think they really realize that coaches at the higher levels are looking for players that compete and that's because those are the players that are effective and it's really rare to find a kid that really competes hard I find maybe a handful of them every year and it's not something that takes a lot of skill it takes a lot of heart and and hard work and you can't fake it. Like, yeah, it has to be in you to be competitive. There's fake competitiveness, and it, it doesn't usually last. And when you find a kid that really competes, it's it's something special. And especially if they have those other two pieces I talked about, the cognitive skills and the technical skills. Those are the kids that, the ones that compete are good kids, high character, have the cognitive ability, and have the technical skills. Those are the ones that are really, really, really special. Yeah. And you don't come across them very often. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, no, great advice. And I think maybe, again, just for for listeners, maybe giving an example, like what, what does it really mean to, to compete? Something that maybe stands out to me is players out there for a shift and their feet don't stop moving every second of that shift. And one thing I value a lot in players is, you, again, back to that quote, you don't have to be the most talented person, but you can always find a way to contribute. Maybe you are the, the hardest back checker on that team, right? Like things that sometimes people don't enjoy doing, but to your point, it just takes a lot of heart and a lot of effort and basically requires zero talent to, to do it. Yeah, I think when you're watching things like you, you mentioned, players that are forechecking hard, players that are back checking hard, players that are winning one-on-one battles, like the really competitive kids are, are not going to lose a lot of one-on-one battles because right. they have to have that puck. Like if, if you and I are going into yeah. the corner over there, 
the most competitive yeah. one is going to come out with the yeah. puck, right? Yeah, yeah, yep. So that's one thing you look for in competitiveness is who, who's winning the one-on-one puck battles, who's winning the puck races, blocking shots, creating puck separation in the corner as a defenseman. Like, that's competitiveness, not wanting to lose. Like, really competitive people just can't handle losing, whether it's practice or games, like anything. Yeah. They'll compete for anything. <laughs> and so those are the players, like, you want to create a really competitive environment in practice and you want the truly competitive players because those are going to be the ones that are willing to compete every day in practice not just show up for the games and 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 try to compete because it's it's not like a light switch you can turn on right right uh, for games you you have to practice that way if you want to be a truly competitive player and a truly competitive team yeah one wonderful perspective coach cadet just really excited to see what the future holds and uh, your new journey in, in taking over and uh, really can't wait to follow that. And also it's been wonderful just to also listen and hear on your mentors, just some great people that you've gotten to work with. And I'm sure your father also wanting them to see one of them seeing him over the years with everything he's done. Yeah. Like I said, it, I talk about being in a, in a, one of the best coaching clinics in the world, coaching with coach rice for the last two years, but really now for 34 years of my life, like just being with my dad, like being around him. Yeah. It's like being in in one of the best coaching clinics in the world for three decades. Yeah. Just, and being able to, to pick up the phone and talk to him at any time and, and bounce things off of him. It's, it's, I think sometimes I don't realize how lucky I am to, to have him as my father and be in this profession like it's it's an invaluable resource and he's just been such a provided such a good example in just the way he lives his life like I said my mom to my brother and my sister as well just all really really great people and have have taught me so many things that have been really valuable in coaching. No, that's that's wonderful. And following in the footsteps, and I'm sure just so proud and, and excited for you for this for this next chapter, for sure. Thank you. And I think just lastly, just looking ahead, just at the NEPSAC and your season coming up, it's also with the, the prep scene, and, and since you've been involved in playing and, and just over the years, things have also changed a lot. But what what really gets you excited? Like, what are some of the rivalries and the matchups coming up that you, you really have kind of circled on your calendar? Yeah, I think any time you, I've only been at Milton a short time, but I already know that Nobles is someone that we want to be beating for sure. Yeah. And I I was watching actually tape of the, one of the Milton Nobles games last year, just trying to to get to know my players a little bit better, watching video and all that. And it just looks like an incredible environment. So that's one that I'm sure all the players circle and that I'll definitely be looking forward to. But, you know, every one thing that's great about prep hockey is, like every team is good. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like there's no nights off. You have to bring it every day, no matter who you're playing, because mm-hmm. all everyone can beat everyone. And I've seen that. I obviously haven't coached at the prep level, but I've recruited it a lot. At Babson, we took a lot of players straight out of prep school. So I've saw every team play multiple times in the last couple of years and just been really impressed by the the competitiveness of the league in that like I said, anyone can beat anyone on any given day. And to me, that's exciting because you, you don't play a ton of games either at the prep level or the college level. And I think it prepares players well for the college level because every game means a lot. Mm-hmm. You're not playing 70 games like you might at a different level. You're playing the same amount of games as you're going to play at the college level. And at the college level, you have to be prepared every game because they all mean a little bit more than they do in, at some of the levels where you're playing 80 games, 100 right. games. Right. 
so to me, that's great. You have to be prepared mentally. You have to be ready to compete. And I think it's a really exciting league and a really exciting level. That's great. I couldn't agree more. We obviously on, on this with the New England Hockey Journal, we spent a lot of time, a lot of time with the, the prep and doing the previews and discussing the players. And it's, it really is a tremendous platform, not only for New England based players, but, you know, obviously players from can be all around the globe, really, but a very successful track record. And particularly for someone like yourself, who really works closely with this age and developing players, hopefully for the next level, but it gives you a great platform to assist with all that, I feel like. Yeah, and that's that's something that really made me want to coach at the prep level. I really enjoyed, when I was coaching junior hockey, one part that I really enjoyed was helping the players move on to college, helping them find the right fit, not only hockey, but everything else that is that is more important, the academics, geographically, the school size, other things that sometimes young hockey players aren't thinking about because they're focused on the hockey piece but everything else has to to fit into place and just helping the players figure out what the right fit is and helping them move on and and preparing them for for that college level was something that I found really fulfilling and and really enjoyable when you have a player that is maybe a a sophomore or junior in college now that has texted me and and let me know like hey coach I'm really glad I made this decision I'm I'm really enjoying this I love the school I love the hockey I love the community thanks for helping me get here like that to me is the most fulfilling like that that's very very rewarding uh, as a coach and that's why you do it but at the junior level there's academics to me has always been really really important at the junior level kids really aren't in school for the most part Mm. Uh, so to have the opportunity to coach a high level at the high school age, right? Similar age as juniors, junior hockey, a little bit younger, but to be able to coach that similar age where majority of the kids are trying to, to go on to play college hockey, not all of them, but the majority of them are trying to play college hockey and to be able to help them move on and, and realize their dream of playing college hockey, but to help them figure out what is the right fit for me as a, as a, not only a hockey player, but as a student mm. and every other piece that has to be the right fit for, for college, but also being able to be involved in the academic side of things and helping them develop that piece and helping them develop as a person. I just think there's so much development that goes on from in the high school age that you're able to, to help with as a coach who sees them every day, but a little bit different than than juniors and, and colleges, I'm seeing them every day at the rink, but I'm also seeing them, I'll be seeing them in dining hall. Yeah, I'll be seeing yeah. them around campus, so I'll be a little bit more involved yeah. in the whole person rather than, than just a hockey player, and that's something that, that is, is really exciting to me. Yeah, yeah, sounds very unique. And you're, you're right, you just you get to play such a huge role in not only their hockey careers, but just their lives and, and effectively helping to shape and mold these, these young men for the future. Yeah. So really special. And I think the sky's the limit, really, for, for what you're about to take on. And just at one of the premier educational institutions in the world and stepping into just a, a wonderful hockey culture. So really excited for you. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited to, to have the opportunity and, and really excited for the fall to come and, and get started here. Awesome. Well, we, we can't wait to follow. We are, you're right down the street from us, so we will have a ton of coverage. And I'm sure we'll be seeing a lot of each other in the upcoming months and the years, for that matter. Yeah, thank you, and I, I appreciate all you guys do. Like I said, I'm a, I'm a fan of of the journal and the podcast, and I think you guys do a great job for all the hockey players in, in New England. 
Well, we, we appreciate that. And it's really, it's, it's all our producer, David Yaz. He's really the, <laughs> the brains behind the operation over there. And Oh, go on. <laughs> no, really, go on. Keep going. <laughs> well, we are. We're going to go on. All right. We're going to go on to our overtime feature. If you notice, I said overtime and not overtime live. Finally, finally. You, you listen to my coaching, and I'm not even near the coach that you two are. But yes, it's time for overtime, where I have three questions that both our guest and Stephanie are completely unprepared for. Right, guys? You haven't seen these? They've nope. been he's telling the truth, tucked away and hidden, correct. hidden below the ice at Milton Academy. Overtime. Here's question number one, and coach, you're the guest. You get to go first. Question is. What is a habit that many young hockey players have that they need to break before they achieve true greatness and move on? A habit I think that some players have is that they need to break, and it just goes along with the competitiveness I was talking about, is kind of just going through the motions sometimes or, or, or feeling like it's not cool to compete. I think you see that sometimes at the when when hockey players get to a certain age where they get on the ice and maybe they want to compete but they they feel like it's not it's not cool like we're mm-hmm. just out here kind of doing our thing going through the motions and like I said you you want the kid that really competes all the coaches at at the prep level at the college level at the pro level they want the player that really competes so that I, I would tell players to don't be afraid to compete if you're a competitive person and that's who you are don't ever let don't ever hide it that's the like, the Rudy Rudiger effect from the film Rudy, where yeah. he he is giving more than a hundred percent every day in practice, and one of his teammates says, "Geez, yeah. you're going at it like you're playing the Super Bowl." And the coach says, "See, you just summed up the difference between you and him." Like, yeah, like, like why not? Yes. Lo- love that scene. Yeah, love that movie scene, yeah. too. <laughs> yeah, so that's exactly it, right? Yeah. And now Rudy was obviously exceptional, but now maybe another player feels like, "Okay, I can't compete." I'm not comfortable doing it. So now they have that habit of not competing. Right. And then they try to do it in games. And it's, like I said, it's not a light switch. It's really hard. So that, what I would tell the players, have a habit of competing. Don't be afraid. Don't ever hide it if you're a competitive person and that's how you want to be. It's an extremely valuable asset, mm. not only in hockey, but just in life. Uh, Stephanie, same question. Bad habits that many players have that they need to break? Well, so I think that was a great answer. And I'm going to try to go in a slightly different direction just to provide a different perspective, I Mm. think, to this question, because I think it's a great question. But I think in talking about skill work of players, hammering in a lot that the value and how important I think it is to develop the, the proper habits starting at the youngest ages of hockey. So for example, why it's so important to focus so much on your skating and just overall skill work really at the younger levels simply for that reason because when they get older it becomes a lot harder to break habits Mm. so for example it's it's much easier to teach and instill proper skating technique at say the might or the u8 level it becomes i don't want to say impossible but extremely much more difficult at the older levels to to break those habits so great answers both thanks we'll move on to Question two, and Stephanie, you get to go first for this one. If you could coach a different sport other than hockey, 
what would it be? I think I know Stephanie's yeah. answer, but go ahead. It's I think we're, like let's bet a million dollars. I think we're we're both going. So it would be basketball. Yeah, that's for what me, I was going to say. Right, obviously. So yeah. that's why I also play basketball. That was yeah. one of my big sports. But I'd be a little rusty though, I think, Dave, because I've just been out of it for so long. Have but you ever coached coached basketball? I I did when I was like younger, when yeah. I was high school, college, and stuff. But just for fun, yeah, I definitely would would have to certainly re-familiarize but but no question i would jump in and coach that coaching basketball is fun and especially i i used to love coaching just the local rec league that my my son would play in and when they're little it's more fun because when the little chubby kid makes his first basket that's there's there's nothing that can replace that moment i also used to run plays like you have one kid get down and on all fours and bark like a dog before you throw the inbound pass (laughs) to distract everyone they love that coach how about you If, if you weren't coaching hockey what sport might you want to coach so that's a great question. Actually, something that also excited me about going to coach at prep school is you get to do a lot of different other things beyond just coaching your main sport. So I'm actually going to be coaching some other sports. So I think right now I'm going to be coaching freshman soccer mm. and potentially golf in the spring. Nice. And so I will be coaching some other sports. And, and when I was going through the hiring process, I told him I could, I'd be happy coaching anything. Mm-hmm. Like to me, coaching is coaching. Like you don't necessarily need to know a ton of the technical details. Obviously, that's that's important. Mm. But to me, any invasion game, you have soccer, you have basketball, you have lacrosse, field hockey. Like I think soccer, field hockey, and ice hockey are, are pretty much the same sport as far as <laughs> as far as like certain aspects, development, sure, yeah. individual development, team development. Like I've never coached field hockey, but a lot of the drills that I do in ice hockey. I've stolen from field hockey and soccer and kind of made them into an ice hockey version. I don't know if they still do this, but at Milton, they used to call it first, first soccer meant varsity soccer, second meant JV, and then third meant freshman. And then if you weren't good enough to make the freshman team like me, you played fourth soccer. So I played on fourth soccer. And I kid you not, the one goal I scored was on our own goal. I kicked, I kicked, <laughs> I tried to pass it back to the goalie. I kicked it over his head. Oh, yeah, that was the end of my soccer hey. career. Final question, and Coach, you can go first. What do you remember about the best pregame or midgame speech that either you have given to a team or that you have received from a coach? So, in other words, most memorable pep talk speech in the locker room. I've had some pretty memorable ones. But I think, and we mo- don't expect you to recite the whole speech, but just maybe <laughs> maybe something you might remember from it. I think, and I've and I've had some unbelievable coaches who who gave really great speeches and were great motivators. My high school coach Dick Dodds would really motivate us. Sean Tremblay in, in junior hockey, I played for him in junior hockey, and just a great motivator of the team and the players. Love Sean, yeah. By the way, unbelievable guy. Worked with him for a while, yeah. yeah unbelievable guy, guy and. and like so I've had I've had some really great coaches but I think the most memorable ones were my dad's in college whenever you see just like the the real passion like he's not yelling at you he's just he's you can tell he just really cares about us all all the players every individual player and the team as a whole and that he really wants to see us do well for us and not for him Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's not, it wasn't about him. It was about us in the school and, and just to see him being so passionate about that, it made you want to go out there and do like literally anything you can to help the team win. Mm-hmm. So I think those, those were probably the most memorable for me. Steph, how about you? That's great. Well, if 
I'm allowed to use my own? Yeah, of course. <laughs> Even uh, better. Yeah. We have all of the classic speeches, like, of course, Miracle, and oh, mm. but that's, that's everyone's favorite speech. But You were meant to be here tonight. That's right. They might... <laughs> You, we play them 10 times. We probably lose to them. Not, as, sorry, it's my Herb Brooks. Go ahead, stuff. Classic. Yeah. yeah. But I think along the lines of, of, of what you just said, I mean, the last championship that we won, I honestly just love that group of kids so much, and particularly the seniors I've had for years. And before our last championship, in between periods in the second and third, it was a one-goal game. Mm. And giving everything I had in that speech to get the seniors to, to really go out and, and finish the game and, and win it, and, and they did. I take it that wasn't something you had, the speech wasn't something you had planned. You just spoke from the heart, I take it. That's right. And I, I think that's where, you know, your best, your best motivation really is, is just you being you. Mm-hmm. And I knew for some of those seniors, some were going to go on and play Division One and have great college careers. For some, that was going to be their last game. And I think what I was extremely proud about, all, all of them, of course, but the ones that I knew were finished that night, I think they had the best game of their career. Mm. Their life, even mm-hmm. when they went out in that third period and put it away. Mm. Awesome. So, would it still have been the best speech if you hadn't won? Don't answer that. Excellent, <laughs> excellent. I wish it I was could. a good effort. I wish somebody <laughs> had. I wish somebody had that on on video stuff. I would love to hear your inspirational words. Yeah, I'm a sucker for the. There's more than one coach that has used this, I think, but it's the historical story of Cortez when he reached the new land. He ordered his men to burn the boats so that there was no going back, so that mm-hmm. they, they were committed to living in this new place. And so the speech usually ends with, so go out there and, and burn your boats. It gives me the chills. I'm going to go burn some boats right now. Congratulations. You've both successfully passed the overtime segment. Well done. And coach, as a reward, I'm going to, after the show, tell you how you tell the difference between Wigglesworth Hall and Warren Hall and Milton <laughs> Academy, because it ain't easy. Uh, appreciate it. <laughs> Back to your stuff. Well, this has just been so wonderful to have you here. And uh, as we mentioned, just so excited for you and the future and uh, your new journey with Milton Academy. Yeah, th- thanks for taking the time. I really appreciate you having me in. Yeah, well, we'll certainly be in touch. As we said, we're, we're right down the street. And uh, no question, we will, uh, I'm sure, follow each other a lot. And uh, again, just so excited for you. So so good luck with everything this season. Thank you. And that does it for this edition of Rinkwise. Our podcast is produced by David Yaz. Be sure to catch us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Any Hockey Journal. And subscribe with us online at HockeyJournal.com. I'm your host, Stephanie Wood. Rinkwise is a Siemens Media production.